0: Hi, this is Jennifer Nanez from Albuquerque, and you are listening to the Pro Hockey News Podcast. Enjoy!
1: Hello, hockey fans from around the world. I am Richard Cote, the producer of the Pro Hockey News Podcast. It is the second-line edition of the podcast, and you know what that means. It means your favorite group is back. We're we're here. We're we're here for you, the listener. We've gotten rid of that that first-line mojo in their anti-Kachina uh, jersey vibes that they're giving, we're giving you the true second-line edition, and that means we have the one, the only, Dr. Lou Lafredo. Lou, how are you doing?
0: <laughs> uh, there are a couple of things I was going to say, but I'm doing just fine. Um, had a little bit of snow yesterday, it actually reached down to Albuquerque, but i um, uh, higher elevations got uh, a lot of good ski snow uh, this week. So yeah. uh, it's winter is here.
1: Winter is here. Uh, it also means we are joined by our snarky Canadian,
2: Jacob Doherty. Jacob, are you guys seeing any snow yet? Actually, no, for some very surprising reason. Um, usually Halloween, there's um, a bunch of snow, but guess uh, there's none here yet. Huh. Which How is I- weird.
1: Hmm. We we've had small accumulations here. We got maybe a couple inches a few weeks ago. Um, that, that's about it. We it just it's just been cold, and I don't think we're going to see anything out of this storm. It's staying mostly to the south. Southern Colorado is going to be getting hit pretty hard, and the mountains in Southwest Colorado are going to be getting you know a foot to two feet of oh. snow. But uh, Denver mm, might see a couple of flakes. We don't know. Um, Listeners, uh, I have a rant this week. I I didn't think I was going to have one, but I do. And it does have to do It deals with the state that I live in not the state of confusion, but the state of Colorado. Um, Earlier this week, um, our intrepid uh, Governor Polis uh, was out at an event. And um, I, I see this from him every now and then. Uh, He was at an event down in Pueblo, um, and that was for when uh, President Biden was visiting. Uh, He had made some statements about the world-famous Pueblo green chili and how it is the best green chili in the world. Uh, As a native New Mexican, this this hurts me to my core. And a lot of people here in Colorado have the same sentiment. We know – New Mexico's green chili is far superior than Colorado's. Uh, and to be honest, I didn't even know Colorado grew green chili until I moved here. That that's just how benign it is. Um, and I know I'm gonna touch I'm gonna touch a few nerves here in Colorado because there are some of those diehard people like, oh, we got the best, we got the be-. no, you don't, no, you don't. Just just stop. Everybody knows Hatch yes. is the best. All right, I just had to get that off my chest because yeah, out of nowhere, nobody challenges. Colorado saying you're green. I mean, we do, but you know, nobody really thinks of it. And out of nowhere, it's like, Oh, we got the best. No, you don't just, just stop. All right. Lou, I think it's time we bring back our saying bangers and mash. What do you say?
0: Absolutely. Because the world is, is upside down. Um, East is West up is down cats living with dogs and the top four of the elite ice hockey league are just nuts on the third and fourth, um, um, uh, uh, rungs of the ladder. Uh, so we're going to take it, um, uh, take it from the top and this uh, Sheffield Steelers who have played only 11 games are holding down the, the top spot, uh, in the league with 18 points. They are tied with the Cardiff devils who have played one more game than, um, uh, than the Steelers have, but they're both coming in at, at uh, 18 points uh, both teams playing very well. Um, uh, the, the Steelers are coming in at uh, nine, uh, nine and two, nine two and zero on the season. The uh, the Devils are coming in at nine three and zero. Uh, so they've they've really uh, excuse yes yes that's right nine three and zero. Um, so they have really come through. Uh, both teams have. The interesting thing. Um, are the three and four positions. These are two teams that uh, we have spoken about over the years that have typically battled it out for the ninth and tenth spot in the league. Uh, but the Glasgow clan, uh, even though they have three games, they've played three more games than uh, Sheffield has. Um, they are coming in at 16 points at uh, six, four and four so far this season. And the real surprise, uh, you know, Glasgow. You could always think of, um, you know, me, you know, challenging at least for a playoff position. But the Dundee Stars, um, through 50, um, um through fourteen games, have fifteen points. Uh, they are seven uh, six and one. So it's one of two things. Well, they are also tied with uh, Manchester Storm. Um, but I, I'm going to focus on the Dundee Stars to to think that uh, the Stars who have been um, a perennial uh, 9-10 um, spot in the EIHL, uh, and if it, there was a relegation option, they would have been relegated to a lower division uh, long ago. But uh, the Dundee Stars have put together a really decent uh, lineup this year. The goaltending has been solid, and they've been playing just some really tight competitive hockey. Uh, through these 14 games, and so they're coming in with 15 points, holding down uh, the fourth spot. Um, you know some of their surprises. Uh, the Belfast Giants only have 14 points through 14 games. Uh, Nottingham Panthers uh, have only played eight games so far and have uh, 12 points. Uh, but the uh, Coventry Blaze and Guildford Flames are holding down the nine and ten spots. And particularly with the Coventry Blaze with only nine points through 11 games, um, they've got a long haul to get uh, back into some playoff contention. So, um, you know, with everything that has been going on, uh, EIHL is uh, getting back on an even footing. Uh, Games are being rescheduled. um, And the bangers and mash is, uh, is now complete for the first time this season. Richard. All right.
1: Well, we'll keep an eye on what's going on there as the season progresses. Coming back here to the North American continent, we have some action in the ECHL and the AHL. We will start with the ECHL, giving you a quick rundown of the standings as we enter in competition uh, starting at the beginning of December, uh, as we record this on uh, Friday, December 1st. start with the North Division, the top three spots, or sorry, top four spots. We're going to start with the Toivier Lions at 22 points, the Newfoundland Growlers in the second spot with 19 points, the Norfolk Admirals in the number three spot with 18 points, and the Worcester Railers in the number four spot with 17 points. Going to the South Division, the Greensville Swamp Rabbits. Uh, on top of that division, playing exceptionally well right now, 9-1-0-0 in their last 10. Uh, 28 points leading that division. The Atlanta Gladiators in the number two spot with 18 points. Right behind them, also with 18 points, the Jacksonville Icemen and the Florida Everblades, respectively, in that three and four spot. Going to the Western Conference in the Central Division, we have the Toledo Walleye who are in the number one spot with 20 points. The Iowa Heartlanders also playing extremely well in their last 10, uh, in the number two spot with 19 points. The Fort Wayne Comets in the number three spot with 17 points. And the Wheeling Nailers rounding out your top four with 16 points. Going to the Mountain Division, these uh, first two teams we're going to talk about here in just a second. The Idaho Steelheads lead the division with 29 points. Right behind them, the Kansas City Mavericks with 28 points. Then we get a little bit of a drop, the Tulsa Oilers in the number three spot with 19 points and the Wichita Thunder rounding out your top four with 16 points. Lou, I want to focus on the Idaho Steelheads and the Kansas City Mavericks right now. They are uh, playing very well. We just talked about two other teams, uh, you know, who are play, who've playing, who had eight or nine wins in their last 10. Uh, these two teams, uh, both, 8-1-0-1 oh, for the Steelheads in their last 10, 7-3 for the Kansas City Mavericks in their last 10. Uh, but just, uh, you know, they're neck and neck for this division lead. Uh, how do you see this playing out as we're, uh, you know, getting a good chunk of this season
0: done? Well, if the offense keeps going for the Idaho Steelheads the way it is, um, you you know, you can chalk up a, a banner for for them up in Boise uh, <laughs> through through these 17 games. They have 85 goals for, which is to me is just a staggering number of of goals um, uh, to be putting up on the offense. Um, because the, the the competition is not it's not like the competition is weak. No, um, it, it's just that Idaho's offense has just really started to click. Um, the Kansas City Mavericks not quite uh, there um, 69 goals through 18 games so uh, their their percentage per game is uh, is significantly lower but um, they've also only given up 46 goals for those same uh, the Mavericks have only given up 46 as compared to the 52 for the Steelheads mm-hmm. so really it's it's the Idaho Steelheads um, offense that's really cooking on this um, I would like to say one thing though um, have you noticed how when we highlight a team, we tend to be the coolers? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wasn't going to say you... that, but <laughs> uh, it's it's the oddest thing. When you when when the three of us start talking about teams, they particularly hot teams, invariably they go on this on this cold stretch. And both of these teams, both the Steelheads and the Mavericks, uh, we spoke about them briefly two weeks ago, and both of them went on something of a um, – they they lost a couple of games, which was re- – and I just thought to myself, you know, if these teams are listening, I hope you are, you know, it's not intentional.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, I, uh, you know uh- – winning streaks and hot streaks are not going to last forever um but yeah it just seems though we have a little bit of a uh, a pHn curse watch yeah. out Madden curse here we come yeah. um yeah it but I think what, what strikes me about these two teams is um yes uh Idaho does seem to have a little bit more offensive presence uh their their goals scored uh their uh their goal differential this year plus 33 um and Kansas City is plus 23. I mean, both of them still very respectable. Obviously, Idaho has a little bit of an edge there. But when you when you start looking at their stats a little bit more uh, and you look at uh, their special teams, uh, I think the biggest thing is um, their power play percentage. Um, We have uh, Idaho at twenty five point seven and Kansas City at twenty three point one. Both of them in double digit power play goals scored this season. Um, 15 for Kansas city, 18 for, um, for Idaho, very similar here. So I, I I mean, whether we, we talk about them or not, uh, I think these two teams are going to stay, you know, pretty solid for the rest of the season. I think this is going to be the one, two punch for this division. Um, I, to be honest, it's a coin flip for me on who's going to be taking home the division title on this one.
0: That's five goals a game. That is. I just did some quick some quick math. Excuse me, Jacob. You know, (laughs) (laughs) not to bore you to tears, but I'm looking at the numbers and I was like, "Wait a minute!" Even my simple mind looks at that and is, "Wait a minute! That's five goals a game they're scoring. That's Mm -hmm. just it's ridiculous." Yes, it is. (laughs) Uh, And yes,
1: they're not going to be keeping up that pace. If they do fantastic, we'll talk about them again next time we meet, but um, that, that is, um, those are some extremely impressive offensive numbers. Uh, we'll keep an eye on the mountain division and how that shakes out, uh, these two teams. Oh man. If only they were in separate conferences and we could get the, the championship here, uh, between those two teams, that would be, um, that'd be what dreams are made of. But, um, Alas, they will be fighting for the division title. Let's scoot over to the American Hockey League or the AHL, as the kids like to call it. Um, we'll give a quick rundown of each division uh, as, um, you know, as they are here on Friday and um, We'll start with the Atlantic division. The Hershey bears are on top with 32 points with 20 games played the Hartford Wolfpack with 26 points in the number two spot, the Lehigh Valley phantoms in the number three spot with 21 points and the Springfield Thunderbirds in the number four spot with 21 points going to the North division, the Cleveland monsters, uh, I believe is is the team we talked about last week. They haven't exactly cooled off, but I don't think they remain as hot as they were. Um, (laughs) on top of that division with 25 points, the Syracuse crunch in the number two spot with 22 points, the Rochester Americans in the number three spot with 22 points as well. And the Toronto Marlies rounding out your top four with 20 points going to the central division the Texas stars on top of the division with 23 points. uh, The Rockford ice hogs back in the mix. Love it uh, with 20 points in the number two spot, the Milwaukee admirals, in the number three spot with 19 points and the grand Rapids Griffins in the number four spot with 14 points going to the Pacific division. The Calgary Wranglers remain on top of the division with 27 points. The Ontario rain number two spot with 24 points, the Abbotsford Canucks in the number three spot with 23 points and the Henderson silver Knights rounding out your top four with 23 points. Um, Lou, I want to bring your attention. Uh, again, another hot team here. The Hershey Bears, 9 one 0 in their last 10. Uh remain they, they got a sizable gap on that division. Uh six-point lead over the Hartford Wolfpack. Um uh, uh, similar number, uh similar numbers, uh 20 games played, 65 goals scored. Uh they have a 20-goal differential. Um what, what is it, what's clicking with them in this early part of the season?
0: Goaltending, um, couple of shutouts, uh, over the last couple of weeks, uh, playing very well in, in tight, uh, games. So uh, despite having, uh, 65 goals, most of their contests have been one or two goals, uh, differentials at the most, um, and, and they have managed to pull out, uh, the wins they've done also very well, um in um uh, overtime wins uh overtime and, sh- and uh, uh penalty wins i cannot use the other term i I'm just um have a hard time doing that um so they they that's where they've really made uh their hay so far this year is um is pulling down um tight games um holding holding down um, tenuous leads uh, in the third period and making them count for the two points that's yeah. their big thing
1: and i i like to to point out also uh not terribly penalized uh this season they the one of the uh at least in their division one of the fewest penalty minutes in their division uh in the league uh you know they're they're in the the lower 10% i would say um so yeah, uh we'll, we'll keep an eye on the Hershey Bears as we move along in the season see if they're able to keep that lead on the Atlantic Division. Um let's move over to the NHL. There is uh, there have been some things. Guys, there have been some things happening in the NHL. Um do uh, do we, we want to start fun or do we want to start critical?
2: Oh, I'm let's gonna, start
1: fun. Let's start fun. All right. Uh so Lou this 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 one is Near and dear to your heart, you had just mentioned something about a, a uniform of your favorite team, and you were not a fan this year. Um, the, the New York Rangers have new jerseys. Yes. Um, your initial thoughts as a Rangers fan?
0: Um, the initial thought is this. You had one job. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, here's what I don't like about it. it to me, it's a throwback to the seventies. Okay. Uh, when the Rangers skated with their, um, with their crest, um, on, on the jersey, as opposed to just the New York or the Rangers script, mm-hmm. uh, from the, uh, right to the, the right shoulder down to the left hip. Um, uh, this, it, to me, it's just a, a throwback to the seventies when it was just the ugliest thing on the... <laughs> <laughs> on the ice at the time. What I do like about it is, you know, we were talking in the, in the pre-show, uh, I do like the color. Um, and you know, I, I guess the, the emblem is, or the, uh, the crest is, is bigger than it was back in the seventies. Uh, I guess they didn't have as much money back then, uh, to make these things or couldn't <laughs> charge enough right. uh, to make them, uh, it was probably the better way to look at it. But, um, I, you know, I guess all in all, it's it's probably an okay jersey, but um, I, I guess I was hoping for more.
1: Uh, Jacob, I got to ask your opinion in in something that, and I'll I'll chime in with my two
2: cents. Overall, what do you think of this jersey?
1: I think it looks fine.
2: I don't have any strong. Opi- I, I know uh, Rangers fans have a lot more of a um, strong opinion of where the crest should be, but I think it looks good. I think it looks fairly clean. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, I I
1: like the crest. I I know it's not the traditional diagonal Rangers that we've seen for so many years with this club. And I I know how it is with an original six, trying to mix up the Jersey a little bit, trying to make it, keep it fresh, but also stay, you know, hold true to tradition that to please everybody. You try and do that. You're not going to please anybody. Um, To me, uh, the, the, the crest is fine. The color is great. Um, it's the sleeves and I, I see what they were going with, with the lighting on, on Madison square garden and trying to incorporate that into the sleeves. I just, I I don't know about it. It just, um, and it, well, it's it's too busy for a Jersey to me that needs to be simple.
0: Hmm. Now, actually go ahead, Lou. Actually that I like. Okay. I'm, I'm looking at it in in sort of motion, you know, in one of the videos. Um it's for me it's just a crest. Um okay. yeah, but um I hadn't seen I hadn't seen the sleeves as reminiscent of um uh the arena. That's Hmm. Okay. I I, I still am not crazy about it, but I understand it now better. Okay. <laughs>
2: I don't know, J- Jacob. Sleeves, they. Cool I, I don't you? like the elbows. Eh. Yeah, but I, it's not. It's distracting, but it's not like a the thing that kills it for me. At least, I think it's fine. Like, I wouldn't personally buy it, but I think it's a fine out of ten. I.
1: Cool. I mean, it's no double middle finger Vegas Golden Knights Winter Classic jersey, but um, <laughs> it's. Um,
2: Funny. It's, it's, it's,
1: it's okay uh, i don't know um yeah i, I think with this one they, they tried to please everybody and they are not going to please as many people as they had hoped um no well maybe maybe it'll look different on the ice is uh usually my go-to when i'm undecided on something how it's going to look at, on the uniform as a whole how it's going to look in action um, If it's going to remain a distraction, I, I'm going to be set on those those sleeves that I just know it. Next <laughs> Rangers game I watch, I'm going to be like, uh, I'm focused on their sleeves. <laughs> uh, OK. All right. Sticking with the New York Rangers, uh, we had an issue uh, last weekend, last Saturday Um, after we finished uh, recording the first line episode of the podcast. One of the games that we picked. The Boston and New York Rangers game uh, had a little bit of an issue there. Um, Jacob Truba ended up taking a uh, a full swing at uh, Trent Frederick of the Boston Bruins during the game. Um, Truba was issued a fine, and that upset a few fans. Um, and I, I, I'm going to... I'm going to try my best to take my Boston bias away from this. I'm going to try and look at, at this as objectively as I can. Um, I, I feel like there should have been a suspension for that, a, a two-handed swing to the face. Um, and I, I get some people defending Truba, saying, uh, you know, he was trying to pull himself away from Frederick. He was, um, you know, they were tangled up. I I, I get trying to get away. I don't know how that translates to a two-handed swing to the face. <laughs> um, I, 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 things happen, you know, tempers flare. I just, I, I don't understand how it escalates to that. And e- even when it comes to, you know, other penalties, like high sticking as a player on the ice, you need to be in control of your stick at all times. You are responsible for what your stick does. So even if your stick comes up and incidentally hits somebody in the face or makes contact with their face, you're getting a penalty for that. If you take two hands and swing it across somebody's head, I feel like you should get a suspension. Jacob, before, before I bring in a, another possible bias opinion here, Jacob, from an outsider's point of view, what is, what is your thought on what happened between Truba and Frederick?
2: I'm also relatively surprised that he has not been suspended. Um you can't do that. Uh No, <laughs> at no. all. <laughs> but also, um it's not like Jacob Truba has not had a suspension history. This he does. He's been suspended a handful of times. I'm trying i was trying to find it uh while you were talking. But I, I do know he he's been suspended at least two or three times before. And yeah. If you're going to and, and find it as well, I, I'm really surprised that he was able to um, get off with a a fine like that. But like a one game suspension even would have sufficed, I think. But
1: oh yeah, I, I don't think it needed to be anything uh, you know substantial. One game, yes. Two games at that point would be, a, in my opinion, a little excessive. But I, I think a one game suspension for for that would have done it justice. And then the fine on top of that, because, yes, you can't do that
2: yeah, um, when you when you do get suspended, uh, you do technically not earn the money that you would in a game check. It's true. That's um, true. So that is also a fine in and of itself, Um, which is more of a reason why I'm surprised that um, he wasn't suspended.
1: All right, Lou, the, the other side of the other side of reason here. Am I out of line in thinking that Truba should have been suspended.
0: <clears throat> I expected a suspension. I expected a one game. Um and, and when it came down as a five thousand dollars it, it was five thousand, which is the maximum, right? Um mm-hmm. so he took a five thousand dollar hit. Um, you know, that's couch money. Uh, basically, for these guys. Um, I, you know, I was listening to some commentary about this earlier in the week, and a, a litany of um, comments, the, the litany of comments were about Truba being a dirty player. And I'll say uh this is probably the dirtiest thing i I think I've seen him do um but uh, I wish he had gotten a game because yeah. it would have certainly would have quelled um some of the some of the uproar over it he's a he's a hard player
1: he, he is um, and and I, I I don't think he, in my opinion of him, I don't think he is a dirty necessarily a dirty player. I, I think you're right. He is a, a a hard and passionate player, and yes, sometimes tempers get flared. Things happen. Um, I just I would have I, I feel like the league slipped on this one.
0: Yeah, so did I so do I. I mean, I'm a you know you know that I'm a diehard Ranger fan. I happen to like the way he plays. He throws the bo- his body around to block shots. Uh, Saved the game the other night, uh, uh, Wednesday night against Detroit. And there was one play when uh, the Rangers and Flyers met. Um, <laughs> he was getting whacked and hacked and slashed all the way up from the corner boards to the to the neutral zone by someone from the Flyers. Uh, and, and another flyer was coming into the scene and all Truba did was bent his knees down, you know, the routine, mm-hmm. um, uh, put his shoulder forward and caught this guy <laughs> and Truba was standing still at that point, And this guy. I swear he he, he he fell five feet away from the impact site. <laughs> it was an impact zone of you know five feet. Um, this guy's as hard as nails and plays that way. Um, I wouldn't want to play against him. Um, I'm just glad he's on the Rangers. <laughs> you know Jacob, you you have probably a better understanding of him having since he played in uh, Winnipeg for how many years. Uh, before being traded to the Rangers. What's your opinion of him?
2: I think he, yeah, he plays hard. And sometimes when you play hard like that, you make some silly mistakes and go for hits that you shouldn't. Right. And sometimes he does that and it ha- it happens. Yeah, um, And he. I've also seen, I don't know if he's done this recently, but when he was a lot younger, he obviously did have a bit of a temper where he kind of just went out of his way and, you know, Hmm. elbow in the you. face. Uh, uh, yeah.
0: I was, haven't seen a high elbow out of him uh, this time, so that uh, two-handed slash was a bit of a surprise for me, so, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it's clear that it, it wasn't his intent, um, so I'm not going to blame he did him apologize. too hard.
0: Yeah, apparently yeah. he did, you know, get in touch with Trent uh, Frederickson there, and um well, Offer an apology.
1: I, I don't think it's the fault. And I, if anybody thinks I'm projecting any blame on Truba for for not being suspended, I seriously, this is this is a league issue. No. This is uh, something that the league missed on. And when you're trying to uh, portray some sort of um, uh, you know player safety, uh, you know, if you if you're focused on player safety. And something like this happens and you're not taking appropriate action, it's going to happen again. So I just I I hope this is a wake up call to the league to start taking some of these infractions a little bit more seriously. So we don't end up with more serious incidents as we move forward. Agreed. All right. So let's um, let's talk about um, previous departures from from New York. And let's 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 take a moment and relax. Like, you can relax in a My Custom Sports Chair. Head over to MyCustomSportsChair.com, enter in code PHN15 to get 15% off your purchase and uh, relax in the uh, the My Custom Sports Chair of your dreams, whether it has the PHN logo, your favorite team's logo, or, you know, whatever you want to put on it. We're not going to judge. Um, things leaving New York. Patrick Kane. We we, we now know he's... He's made his decision. He's going to be playing for the, the Detroit Red Wings. Um, it's going to take him, uh, I think last I saw, seven to 10 days before he's with the team. And it's going to be a few more, uh, probably a couple more weeks before he's actually on the ice playing games uh, with the Red Wings. But um, yeah, Patrick Kane signs a one-year deal with the Detroit Red Wings, uh, $2.75 million for that year. Uh, bargain deal for a, um, a you know a championship player uh, to add to your roster um, Lou uh, is this the move that Detroit needed or do we know what version of Patrick Kane they might be getting
0: actually I think the answer to both of those questions is no um, I don't know that this is the move Detroit needed to make uh precisely because we don't know what Patrick Kane we're going to be getting. Mm-hmm. Um again, I mean, this is a six to eight week um period of time where he's has to get back to game shape. Uh this hip surgery is not one that is uh perfect. For one thing, um, players do do struggle, and some players have stayed out an entire year uh, before coming back from this sort of um, in. Um, it's not an injury as much as it's wear and tear on the body. Um, so we're not we're just not sure <clears throat> if I, I don't think that this is a good move for Detroit just based on um, the inability to put a pin in uh, Patrick Kane's uh, quality effort this year. Well,
1: Kane is a little bit more optimistic about when he's going to be able to play. He says that he's going to. he should be able to join the team in 7 to 10 days. And this is as of yesterday, Thursday, November 30th. He was right. saying this. Um, he was quoted as saying, uh, with the way I feel, I feel like I could play tonight, meaning Thursday, but it probably but probably getting back into, into it, skating with the team a little bit, right. getting acclimated with the whole new situation and everything and go from there. Uh, so he he's optimistic, but he wants to take his time. So I, I think his timetable is a little bit more accelerated than we're giving him credit for. Um, I sure hope it it's more accelerated because I, I think an NHL with a Patrick Kane on the ice is a more exciting NHL to watch. Um, Jacob, what what do you think he brings to uh to the detroit red wings that they were missing this season
2: um so i don't know how healthy he is um and that's my concern i really do not like it when players brush back to play um and It sounds like um, he is going to, he is rushing back and he's not going to be 100%. And we saw what last year in New York, what a not 100% Patrick Kane looked like. And it wasn't anything too special. No, you're right. Um, And now you're also having a, a boatload of expectations on the guy that he is not reasonably going to be able to fulfill.
1: So given that, Jacob, do you feel like this is his swan song? Do you think this is his last season?
2: I think potentially because he's not going to be, uh, he's doing all this just to play right now. Um, and uh, I don't. I don't know how healthy he is he is going to be down the road. Um, hip surgery is very difficult, and he's thirty five years old. Yeah, uh, if this wasn't, and he really wanted to be in Detroit, he would have signed for longer, and Detroit would have signed him for longer. Um, so I don't know. Um it's a really weird situation. (laughs) Sorry. Lou. Yeah.
1: Since, since we don't have our, um, our, our resident Red Wings fan um, here on the second line, um, your best guess is outside of just the big name coming onto the roster, looking a little bit deeper. Is this something that Detroit fans need to be excited about?
0: (sighs) Uh, Yes, Um, but I think it's misplaced because I I really do believe that the Red Wings have been playing solid hockey. This is not an early season flash in the pan. I do think that they can challenge for a playoff position without Patrick Kane. And now, you know, Jacob just said it. There's an awful lot of expectation is going to be heaped on this guy's shoulders. Not that he can't take it, but does he push himself? And, and this is what I was trying to get at before. Yes, he can. He can come back into game shape, so to speak, within seven to ten days, where he steps on the ice and is competitive, and, and you know is not huffing and puffing like I would <laughs> up and down the ice. Um, but my concern is is not any different from Jacobs, and that is: is he in fact rushing it? and And, in the end, does that hurt uh, the Red Wings because if he re-injures himself or he can't compete, um, that's a, that's still a salary cap hit. And now how do they replace him? Hmm. It's true. Um, the, we are saddled with uh, win now. We don't care how. just win now. I, pick a team, you know, uh, there are very few uh, where you have uh, patience by ownership and fans. And Detroit, I think, is right on the edge of they have to win now. And and I don't know that Patrick Kane is the answer. OK. I mean, I,
1: I think he brings a little bit more to this team than, you know, the offensive presence on the ice, even if he was 100%. Uh, he he brings a veteran presence into a locker room that's, I, I wouldn't say extremely young, but the average age of their forwards is 26 years old. Um, So he, he brings just a, a little bit more presence. I, I think what it's going to be um, beneficial to the team, if Detroit is able to make it into a playoff position, if they're able to make it into the playoffs, they have a guy who has been to the cup finals multiple times. They, they have a guy who knows how to get it done. So even if he's not able to produce like he used to, he's able to guide some of these younger kids into, Hey, here's what we need to do. Oh, if we're in this situation, you know, don't panic, just, just keep going. He's, he's there to guide them and help them focus uh, a little bit further and see a little bit more of the, um, down the road goal rather than the short-term goal. And I think, if that is is what he's going to bring to the locker room, and for 2.75 million dollars also getting a you know a fifty percent Patrick Kane on the ice, I think that's a pretty good deal from from Detroit, even if you are just spending one year on that. but that's just me- Shall we talk some penalty minutes because we had some ridiculous penalty minutes. Uh, Earlier this week in a game between the Ottawa Senators and the Florida Panthers, should we talk about 120 penalty minutes that were called, uh, you know, just in one play? Anybody want to touch on that? (laughs) Everyone on the ice
2: is kicked out. 10 minutes. game misconduct. Get out of here. (laughs) That was funny. Oh, um,
1: I I mean... (laughs) I don't think I've ever seen anything like that on the ice. Um, Lou, you've been watching hockey a a while as well. Um, What what is the closest you've, that you recall that you've ever seen something
0: like every player on the ice you're ejected? Oh, I, I don't think I've ever seen everyone ejected, but you know, in the old, when the ECHL first came around, it was just the goon league. And you would have nights of bench clearing brawls um in Columbus with the chill and and it was it was ugly but this was just odd yeah don't, i mean jacob dutch you saw the 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 clips of this right oh yeah i
2: was actually watching the game
0: uh oh all right so so here's here's my um before you uh came in um Richard and I were talking about this uh, in the pre show. And, um, you know, we talked about Jacob Truba not getting a suspension. (laughs) Well, I I didn't see anything that warranted 10 misconducts.
2: I think it was very, there was a lot of pushing and shoving. Like after every um, save or end of play, there was just a scrum. And it just started boiling over, and the refs just wanted to go home. I think that's honestly more of what that was at the end. Okay.
0: Um, you know what? I'm fine with that. <laughs> Instead of trying to do the math, right? Um, <laughs> just just 10 minutes for everybody. Yeah. Just get
2: off the go home, please. I don't <laughs> want to deal with this. That's funny. I, like I never it.
0: thought of that. I like that reasoning.
2: <laughs>
1: um, uh, I mean, obviously – I don't know if I'm surprised that the catalyst for all this was Matthew Kachuk. Um, But it just seemed kind of fitting that uh, the the contact with the goalie was the catalyst for everybody needing to leave the ice. Um, I don't know. Uh, It's just uh, just something. uh, Yeah, I, I didn't see any reason other than it's late in the game. We want to keep this from getting out of hand. Because we just had everybody get into a fight, uh, may as well just have all the troublemakers depart. And I think there was what four minutes left in the game. Y- you could play the last four minutes without your top line or whoever was on the ice. Um, all right. Um, so so we we've gone New York. We've left New York. We've talked about mass amounts of penalties. I think um, I, I think we we need to discuss a uh, a trade between a uh, couple of. Canadian teams, and why not bring in our uh,
2: resident Canadian
1: to talk about the Vancouver trade?
2: Yeah, so the Vancouver Canucks acquired Nikita Zadorov from the Calgary Flames in exchange for a 2024 fifth round draft pick and a 2026 third round draft pick. The 2024 fifth round draft pick will be the earliest one between that or Chicago. So, Chicago and um, Zdorov heads with no money retained to Vancouver to hopefully shore up their defense, which has been struggling.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, getting to see him play a little bit here in Colorado, I think, um, I think Vancouver got a, a pretty good deal on this. And I think this is uh, what you said, Jacob, this is exactly the piece that they needed. Um, the, you no know, heck of a player. I, I have a lot of respect for him. Um, Hope, hope he's going to get to do well in Vancouver.
2: Yeah, um, I'm curious how he'll perform. Um, you know, he has very... It's very clear that he did not did not want to be in Calgary under any circumstance. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see that he just got sent to Vancouver um, arrival of Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is wild to me. I... I
1: don't think I've seen that in a while. Yeah. And I, I'm sure uh Lou's going to want to chime in on this as well. I, if you have a player who's not happy where he is and you're not getting the the most out of them, even though they're under contract, th- there's, there's no use in, in keeping them there. If, if you're not going to get the most out of them, I, at least I, I think Uh Lou, you, you have um, you have some thoughts
0: on the issue. Well, I, the reports are, though, and Jacob, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was still playing, he wasn't holding back in Calgary, uh, despite his um, uh, wanting out. Yeah, so, yeah, and so he was still putting putting out a decent effort. Um, I guess my question is, why did he want, what was it about Calgary? Because this seems to be an extension of what happened at the end of last season, when uh, when everybody wanted out, um, so what's going on in Calgary?
2: Nobody actually knows. <laughs> okay, um, it, it's. I think there's some locker room turmoil. I, I don't know what's. There hasn't been many solid reports on it. Um, like it, it's clear that Calgary's but Calgary currently in a playoff spot or no, they're yeah. not actually, they're just, they're 1.0 of playoff spot mm-hmm. and they're doing better than this season. They have a new coach, which they wanted. And, um, now a, a player like this still wants out. Um, it's confusing. Um, I don't know how to, hmm. I, just, I simply just don't know what's going on there. It's, yeah. it's weird.
0: Yeah. That, that, that's how I felt about it. I mean, Calgary has gone on a run uh, to put themselves back in contention for their playoff spot. Um, they are playing very well. They beat uh, the Dallas stars last night um, um, in, in a decent matchup with a, with a top team in the West. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden Jacob Markstrom is, is playing better in goal and um you know they're playing well. To his to his delight, he's been he's been traded to a team that's what fourth in the league or fifth in the league in points. Uh, I believe so, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Vancouver is playing very well, uh, but he's certainly going to shore up the defense, like as you said. But I don't know. It just seemed odd to me that um, I was surprised that another player was looking to get out of Calgary. Y-
2: yeah. I mean, Calgary isn't. This is a bias, obviously, but Calgary isn't a great place to live, mm-hmm. um, especially when you have all these not really nice cities in the states. And honestly, Vancouver is a nice, is a really, really beautiful city. Um, there's also the whole so, um, media outlook on that, um, where you know the Canadian media is a lot more. They, you don't get any breaks in Canada, right? Like, you are a celebrity, um, and people in Calgary will absolutely recognize some of their star, most of their star players. Um, I've come across a few uh, pro players myself, and sometimes, oh, actually, a lot of times, especially um, in Canada, you'll get bothered, and some people just don't like that. Oh, I see yeah. where you're going with that. Yeah, okay. So, uh, I think that's that could be one reason. Um, also, once again, I don't know, but that's just speculation. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Was that Edmonton bias? <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> we,
1: we, we've we've come full circle. We, we started with the with the Truba issue and my Boston bias and lose New York bias coming all the way around to Jacob's Edmonton bias and talking with Calgary and and why he doesn't want to live there. Um, All right. Nobody should. (laughs) (laughs) Wow.
0: Okay, shots fired. Um, Uh, All right. Views expressed on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Do not reflect the Um, The entire staff. (laughs) They
1: should. (laughs) All right. Well, you know, let's give – let's give Jacob more air time here to, to air some grievances. Um, and he's got free reign here with the picks of the week. Let's get to those Jacob.
2: Okay. So last week I forgot um, to do mine. Uh, so you guys picked your own games. <laughs> you did everything. And one thing that tilts me that you guys, I think it's, I think it's Richard that does this whenever he types Nashville like like the uh, acronym for Nashville. He does N A S H, and that hurts me. It's oh. N- It's N S H.
1: I, I used to do no N N a- N S H, and I thought you got mad at me for that. I so did, I started doing N A S H. No, I did. I
2: got. I never got. I would never get mad at you for
1: that. Maybe it was Adam. It was, it was probably Adam. Adam. Adams, a weird man. And, and same thing with Washington. When I do W S H, they they, they <sighs> yeah. All right. Must have been be
0: Adam. Oh, let's,
2: let's say it was Adam. Let's say it was Adam. Yeah, I'll play. I'm definitely Okay, I'm Adam. okay. So first game. uh Oh, sorry. Last week results. Lou got went two and three, and Richard went three and two. Woo-hoo. So yeah. back
1: to above five hundred. Yay! Uh, I've been above five hundred this whole. Yeah, you've
2: been uh, five hundred the entire season, especially with that uh five and zero start on week one. Yep. So now, first game: St. Louis at the Arizona Coyotes. Who do you got? Lou, I'll start with you.
0: I am going to go with the Coyotes. I just like the way they're playing.
2: Okay. And Richard.
1: You said this is in Arizona. Correct. I'm taking the Coyotes as well. They, they are, um, well, they're, they're touchable, but a little less touchable in the mullet.
2: You know, I I really like the, um, the St. Louis blues. I think they have a really good squad. Um, Hopefully their offense can start picking up a bit more. Uh, They're not doing too hot, but I, I really like, uh, I think Jordan Bennington is going to be an X factor and I think it steals the game here. And next game is the battle of whatever state that's in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. I think it's Pennsylvania. (laughs) Sorry. That's,
0: that's just great. (laughs) It's how we feel from New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) Richard. (laughs) Um,
1: Okay. Uh, That, that was, that was just fantastic. Um, First, I want to say who going back to the last game we were just picking, uh, who could have imagined Arizona being above 500 as we exit November. That's a shock to me. Uh, I know Lou picked it, but um, Hmm. I, I didn't think. I didn't think they were going to be that. All right. All right, back to this game. Uh Philly at Pittsburgh. Oh boy. Um two just quality teams here. Um I'll go Philly.
2: Okay. Leo. Well, this
0: is a this is a tough call, but I'm gonna go with the home team. Um they the, the Penguins are are in need of two points. And uh despite the Flyers being a little bit better than them and Tortorella um coaching them as if they're the old broad street bullies, I, I think the Penguins come through on this one narrowly, but they'll come through.
2: Okay. I will agree with you. I think Pittsburgh uh gets one as well. I think they'll hold it together. Mm. Um, and the next game is Detroit at Montreal. Lou,
0: uh, Detroit,
2: okay, Richard, Detroit. You know, I think uh, Maltenbo is going to play well, and I think he'll uh, steal a win for Montreal. Oh, okay, and another rivalry game, Boston at Toronto, Richard.
1: Ooh, Oh, ask me a week ago. I would have been all Boston, all no questions asked. Now I have a few questions asked given they've not played great in their last 10. Um, it's it's in Boston, right? No, it's in Toronto. In Toronto. Uh, I'll still take Boston. Okay. I'm not as confident as I would have been, but I'll still take Boston.
2: Lou, who do you uh... – got? I don't know.
0: Boston won last night three to one. Mm-hmm. Yes, they did win three to one. Does anyone else think the Maple Leafs are pretenders this year? I kind of feel like they're pretenders every year, but you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I think Boston. I'm going to take Boston as well.
2: Okay. I also will unfortunately take Boston. Um, Toronto's whole has been very suspect. And then the Seattle Kraken against the Ottawa Senators. Lou?
0: Wow. The Senators are one of my biggest disappointments of the season. Um, And I think because of that, I will take the Kraken.
2: Okay.
1: Richard? I'm actually going to take Ottawa in this one. Six and seven at home... Versus Seattle's four, four, and five on the road. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Ottawa.
2: Okay, and that's it for the picks of the week. What's yours? You like to fall. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I picked Ottawa as well. Oh. Um, I have a soft spot for Ottawa, and you know Seattle's kind of starting to be a bit on the mediocre side. So
0: I've had yeah. a soft spot for Ottawa as well, but. Not this year. It's something. Out of pity. Well, but something's something's going on out there. Something's off. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean, that lineup should be. Although, didn't uh, Josh Norris came back and then he, isn't he gone again?
2: I don't know. Actually,
0: somebody came back from injury and is back out on the. Uh, came back for a couple of games and is gone again. Um, mm-hmm. I have to check on that. But um, I believe
2: that uh, probably is Josh Norris. Honestly, but. He's on yeah. he cannot catch a break. It's no. it's tough. No. Um, no. but yeah, that's it for the picks of the week. If you'd like to follow Ooh. along on X or Twitter or whatever you call it, use uh hashtag PHNPix and follow, follow our account, phn underscore podcast. All right, that, that brings to- us to our
1: parting thoughts. Lou, start with you.
0: Oh, my parting thought is uh, we are now in December. The holiday season is firmly within our grasp. Everybody have a good time. Stay safe, travel well, and stay healthy. And we'll see you in two weeks. All right,
2: Jacob. I think it was a bad idea to wager my mental health on the Edmonton Oilers. (laughs) (laughs) I know I should have seen this coming, but it's getting better. It's getting better.
1: They've won a few, haven't they? Uh, yeah, they've, they're they've on a
2: four-game four win. Four-game, yeah. Yeah, so we're going.
1: <laughs> right. Um, uh, just looking at that division, there's just some wild swings. Anaheim losing eight straight. Oh, my goodness. Uh, all right. Um, my parting thoughts um, – There is a possibility this upcoming weekend, actually tomorrow night, in fact, uh, there is going to be a a parade in downtown Denver. It is the annual Parade of Lights, the Nine News Parade of Lights, as it is sponsored by uh, the local NBC affiliate, Channel Nine News. Um, There is a possibility that my four-year-old will be riding on the Nine News float this year. They have opened up invitations for us to go. And, um, we'll see if there's room for us to squeeze in on the, on the nine news float and, um, you know, get on TV and wave to the crowds and just have a good time. We went last year, uh, we didn't get on the float because, um, at that point we had age restrictions this year, they have been waived. So, um, yeah, interesting to see, uh, if we're going to be able to do it and be up there with some coworkers and just having a good time and celebrating the, the joy that is the holiday season here in Denver. Well that does it pictures. for us. Pictures. Oh yeah. We Absolutely. Want pictures. Well yeah. there will be plenty of pictures and videos okay. to go along yes. with that. And we'll be hearing about two hours of Mariah Carey's Christmas song played <sighs> over and over. If I remember that from the last time I was on the float. Um we'll ask. Yeah, exactly. Um so That does it for this edition of the Pro Hockey News Podcast. Thank you, listeners, for uh, listening to this episode. Uh, Thanks to our sponsors, My Custom Sports Chair, the Chicago Wolves Merchandise Store, uh, Manscaped, and LDE Affinity Jewelry. Um, And thank you, listeners, for making us part of your routine. Uh, For Jacob Doherty and Lou Lafredo, I am Richard Cote, and I will see everybody next week on The First Line. and right.